In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow, with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Dice Are Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today I am joined by Lee Tillman, who many of you may know as at Lee from America. We're going to be talking all about Lee's journey through wellness, through the wellness industry, through social media, and I know her as like one of the OG wellness influencers, so I'm a now reformed wellness influencer, I guess you are now retired. I am so excited to have you, Lee. Welcome to DST. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to have you also because, you know, I have been, I discovered your account like right before we started this podcast Mm -hmm. and it's just been this kind of journey. Not that you were aware of it, but for me, it was like sort of in tandem because like I was watching you go through all these changes and like I was sort of going through my own changes because I was very much in the same similar place that you were in. But um, it's just like amazing to see like the way a person evolves over time and the things you obviously don't know or see you assume as an audience member. So I'm really excited to hear from you and like what you were going through, through all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So for everybody who's listening, who's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Aileen. (laughs) Who is Lee? Where where are you from? Where do you live now? Mm -hmm. And what is Lee from America? So I'm Lee. I am she. Uh, And I am from Connecticut. Um, I currently live in Brooklyn. um, But most people kind of think that I still live in LA or like I feel like Um, I used to live in LA and when I was like a wellness blogger, I was living in LA. Uh, I no longer live in LA. I moved back to the West uh, East coast uh, about two years ago and leave from America was a blog that, um, was on, uh, online, but also on Instagram. So I was also an Instagrammer and I kind of like became an influencer um, and was that before that term was uh, a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I I went viral in 2015 um, with a smoothie bowl um, with uh, the free people blog building 25, if anyone remembers that. Um, And I grew my following and um, I was kind of like, yeah, like pre goop, (laughs) pre goop. Right. And, um, and then, um, I had a big reckoning with wellness and awakening, I guess you could say. And I stepped back and took like a year off and have since been approaching social media much differently and and Mm -hmm. wellness much differently. 
So my page, um, like you probably said, Aileen, like you can like go back and like probably like go back like three years, one year, five years. It's a timeline, you know, it's a journey. (laughs) So when you started it, like when you started doing the smoothie bowls, what was your intention then? And then what did it evolve, like maybe devolve, but what did it become? Yeah. So like I love food. I have a uh, aunt who's in the uh, professional food business. My father is a great cook. I have always been into food. I also had an eating disorder when I was really young in high school. And um, wellness was a great way for me to match, um, you know, my love of food, but also my love of like taking really good care of myself and like kind of hiding that as a diet and like using wellness as a shield. And I, but, but like, I didn't know that I was doing that. I kind of thought I, I, I just genuinely, and I still love so many aspects of, you know, taking care of yourself. And like, that might mean like not drinking coffee, and drinking matcha. And so like I drank matcha for a long time because I was having um, adrenal gland issues or so I thought. And um, I was having like period problems. Um, And so I was on this whole journey and I brought my followers along with me and I was doing like meal prepping and matcha and smoothie bowls and Buddha bowls and all those things. Mm -hmm. Did you realize at any point maybe like there were just like fleeting thoughts of like, I don't feel actually that well through any of it. Or were you just sort of like going with the flow and you're like, this is actually like what I'm supposed to do. This is my calling. I truly believe that it was my calling. They, I had, I had fleeting thoughts, moments of like, wow, this is so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm being paid and I've made a career out of pretty much being able to have my eating disorder and keep it close. I remember having those like tiny thoughts, but then I would be like, no, but like I'm helping people and like I'm creating recipes and like I'm helping people who have food allergies because I was like making, I don't have any food allergies, but I was making all these like food allergen friendly foods. Oh, really? Um, I, yeah. And and I was like just falling deeper and deeper and deeper into like more extremism right. and wellness and like, like, um, like there was one plate, one point in, in Japan when I went there with my mom and I was afraid of eating red apples because they had more f- sugar than green apples. And so I made my mom travel like 45 minutes in a subway in Tokyo to go find me a green apple with me. And like that, I remember being like, and the anxiety that I had mm-hmm. of like, that was kind of, I was kind of like, whoa, something's not right. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the beginning of the end for me where I was like, this is getting out of hand. Like, I'm, I, I was just like so indoctrinated by so much wellness stuff that I was like losing myself and, um, definitely going back into my eating disorder. Um, but most of the time I just thought I was like really in my truth and in my power and in my alignment. Right. When you said that thing that you were trying to keep your eating disorder close, was that like a a conscious thought? Like, were you saying this was, this is the way that I am, this is what I'm doing or you had no idea that that's what you were doing until later? I think that when, if anyone has an eating disorder, like there's a, I, there was only one tiny part of me, maybe like, you know, 15 years ago where I really didn't know what, what was wrong with me. But like, once you kind of have one, you kind of know, I think I knew deep, 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 deep down, but because it was my income to keep this blog going and it was my identity with mm-hmm. Instagram, it was so wrapped up into so many different facets of my life. I was like, well, there's no way that this could be bad because I'm 
getting press in Wall Street Journal. There's no way that this could be bad because I have X amount of followers. There's no way that this could be bad because I get messages every day that I'm helping people. How could this be bad? Mm-hmm. But I think like, like there was moments where I was like, this is so cool. I'm, I'm, it was so twisted, but I remember being like, this is so cool. I'm making a living out of watching what I eat and being really careful about what I put into my body. I've definitely had thoughts like that. I remember like, I've never had like a f- actual, like full blown. I mean, I don't know how you really define it these days. There's a lot of gray areas around it. But when I was definitely more disordered in my eating and not really conscious of it, I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I should become a dietitian. Maybe mm. I should like like go towards it mm-hmm. so that you can like feed the obsession oh, in a yeah. way that is like, quote, legal. You know what I mean? Oh, like, for sure. That oh, my you're gosh. allowed to do it. So can you just, I'm just curious, like at that time when you were doing, you know, the smoothie bowls, the protein, I remember like fat balls, right? Mm-hmm. Like protein, mm-hmm. like you did, or other people did like these baths with roses. And I remember personally thinking like, like if you have your phone with you and you're taking photos of all of it, mm-hmm. is it wellness if it's being all documented? You know, like, did you ever think about like that, like that piece of it that's like, are you really doing things that are good for you? Or how did you justify the phone of it all and the documentation? Um, yeah. Well, I will tell you that I remember like, like going on, um, on trips, like a solo trip and documenting, documenting it to my followers and then being like, I just did a solo trip. And then I remember like one person some one time was like, can you really say that you were alone when you had all of us with you? Mm-hmm. Which I think like they bring up a good point, but also kind of like at the end of the day, people on social media are not right there with you right. creating a meaningful one-to-one experience together. Right. It can feel like that sometimes, but it's not the same. I think that the hyper documentation was so unhealthy, mm-hmm. so unhealthy. Like I had to really rewire my brain. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to that. I don't know if I can ever go back to like that, like constant, like following my life around with my phone of like not being able, I was never able to be present with my friends. Mm -hmm. I was never able to be a good romantic partner. I was dating my phone. I was dating my Instagram followers. It was a one-sided, you know, it was like a one-way relationship. Like it was, I was not um, fully present in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, like what was the day like for you during like that peak time when it was like super, you're super into your phone, into the wellness, the influencing? It wasn't healthy. I mean, I was deeply unhappy, but um, I would uh, like wake up at like five and um, meditate uh, for like an hour. And um, an hour. and then I would... Uh-huh. And then I would go work out and then I would come back and drink a bulletproof latte of matcha. And then I would start my phone day where I would like, basically like, I remember like I would like pour my matcha and like record it and like, then like have a song of the day and like write all the ingredients that I put in my matcha, which was sometimes like 15 to 20. And then I would start the day and then I would create a meal, like make a breakfast and like post it around like 11 or 12 and like, respond to comments and like, and, and then like, you know, like respond DMs. Maybe I would do a Q and a, maybe I would do, it was like before the Q and a button on Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. I would maybe write on a blog post. I would spend a lot of time like on my products page or like updating my like page. And then I would get ready to do a second post of the day, which would maybe like a yoga pose or like a plant pose or like a house uh, Instagram of my house. And then I would like set that up and take that and edit that and post that and then comments and responding and stuff. And then I would go to bed around eight or nine and I wouldn't see a friend. I would not talk to anybody. I was just, like I said, you know, in a relationship with my phone. Right. I was going to ask you, like, if there was any, like, friends or family no. members. <laughs> no, it was so that, sad. It was so lonely. You were lonely. I was so lonely. Yeah. Was that a conscious thought? Like, were, did you know that you were lonely or how did you well, justify I remember, that like, loneliness? I remember kind of, like, thought, thinking that this is what it takes. Right. You have yeah. to be alone to, to be well. Because so I was convinced that so much of society was not well and they were eating refined foods and, 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 you know, staying out late and drinking alcohol and doing drugs and addicted to devices and and sugar and all these things that I had to kind of shield myself from that and create this cocoon of Mm -hmm. space between myself and the world so that I could keep my wellness. Right. It's perfectionism. Yeah. And I remember yeah. having like a necklace that said homebody and I would kind of like make it a joke and part of my brand that like I never went out and saw people mm-hmm. and that I was like an introvert. But I actually like since kind of like entering recovery from wellness, like I've realized I'm actually like I need a lot of social time, <laughs> like two to three hours a day to like not get depressed. Right. Um, and so I have completely shifted that how I spend my time. But back then, I kind of thought, well, this is what it takes. Right. This is what it takes. Extremisms and perfection Mm -hmm. for you to, like, be just on your, like, just clean. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? 
I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Where do you think that you got all these rules and like, because I, I doubt that you started off with like all of this fear around sugars and refined this and refined that and like, you know, all of the things that you hear is are bad for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> even still now. Like, where do you mm-hmm. think you got all that information at? Was it like a slow oh, collection? Everywhere. I feel like I got it from, yeah, probably slowly collecting it since I was a child. I mean, I remember like finding my older sister's Cosmopolitan magazine in the bathroom and like reading it. My mom didn't really let me read it, but I would like sneak it. And that even, you know, in the aughts that had so much stuff about like, you know, from fa- from flab to fab. Um, right. You know, um, so I collected those over time. But I think I, once I was kind of like had adult autonomy, I, I, I started collecting it from, um, you know, from other, like, I remember like, um, freely the banana girl. Um, and then, uh, like lot, like all these Australian um, vloggers in the early 2010s. And then I started collecting things from, other wellness people, um, I don't want to like name names and drag people, but like, right. just like books, a lot of um, clean detox programs, like 30 day detox programs, a lot of well-meaning, you know, yeah. nutritionists and doctors, yeah. um, like all well-meaning, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of just other people and publications. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're also seeking it. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like what else can I re- like take out? What else can I restrict? What else right. is bad for me that I could right. add on to this list mm-hmm. to like strive for perfection? Because like we all know, like there's no, you, there ha- you have to keep going. There's really no mm-hmm. kind of point where you're successful in yeah. your achievement of wellness. Yeah. You mentioned brand, personal brand. And did you feel like, like all this immense pressure from social media, like once you were upholding like this persona or this personal brand that you've made for yourself, did you, did that add on to it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. The pressure was so intense. Cause I remember it was a mixture of like, for me, the pressure was a mix of like being this 
pinnacle of wellness um, that I kind of had created myself, like willingly, but who was just one part of me, right? But like feeling like that had become my entire identity. And I think like what you just asked me before about like, you know, how did you start collecting all this information? Mm -hmm. Well, the more I shared about my journey, like say I was like, hey guys, I'm trying to, I'm removing grains. Then people would DM me and be like, well, have you ever tried removing beans? Have you ever tried removing, right, like, so then right. I was just trying all, so like, it was just, you know, all like the more and more um, people were watching, the more my following grew, the more my likes would be going up, the more I was sharing. And then I was like, not only feeling this, pressure of like, you know, looking a certain way and, and continuing this journey because I was getting, it was my livelihood to like right. be on this wellness quest. But like, I would be like, okay, if this post, like this post needs to get 15 to 20,000 likes, like mm -hmm. it needs to. And if it didn't? I mean, if it didn't, then I failed. Right. I failed. I personally failed, you know? Right. And then you have to do something to make up for it. How did that like correlate with like your, your eating disorder, which you shared? Like, yeah. how did that, is, were you trying to lose weight or maintain some sort of weight loss at that time? And then is that like kind of when you realize that I have, I think I need some help? Like where was the point when that happened? Yeah. So I would say like the first couple of years, I was just interested in maintaining. I had, I, I really did not want to gain. I would say a lot of my wellness journey started because I was mysteriously gaining weight and that was just not okay. Like, right. no, can't get, and I was gaining weight around my midsection and I was really insecure about it. And so I was like, I got to fix this. And so that's kind of what embarked it or began the journey. And, um, and then I would say that um, as I, I, I went through a breakup, um, and then I injured my back and then I, so I had like an injury and a breakup and then I, I started losing weight, um, mm -hmm. on purpose. I mean, I, I don't maybe, you know, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I was really depressed. I think it was starting to kind of, I think it was just starting to close in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it was like the jig was up. Like, I just mm -hmm. feel like my, the, the journey was ending. Like it mm -hmm. was just too much pressure. My, I was really not seeing anybody really losing touch with my support system, losing touch with my family and just kind of started to get smaller. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, oh no, like I share my body every day in my pictures, people are going to be able to tell. Mm -hmm. And I was very open about having had an eating disorder in the past. And I remember like someone wrote something like, oh no, Lee, like what's wrong with you? Like what's wrong? And I was like, oh no, people can tell. And then pretty soon, I, I think within a couple months, I was like, okay, I need to like get off spline and heal. So that was when you thought, when you thought people would like kind of catch on what was going on that maybe were you open about your your breakup yeah on, online yeah and that was like a mistake like I mean even being like open about my relationship and my breakup online was a mistake a learning experience so at that point you were like I need help who did you who did you go to so then so then like that breakup happened and then like I mean like a year passed it was 
anyway, I, and then and then the fall happened, and then I went through this experience where I decided to like do this workshop on my with my followers and people didn't like the prices. And so then I got a lot of backlash for it. And that plus the breakup, it was just too much. And the pressure of social media was just too much for me. And I, I, I fell apart. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I didn't have a healthy, everything was out of balance. Um, Mm -hmm. I fell apart and I took a hiatus. I went to a treatment center in LA where I, I basically like approached this treatment center and I said, I think that I need, cause I was in a therapy and my therapist was like, you need to, this is getting a little bit out of hand for me. You need to go see an eating disorder specialist. So I went to go to an eating disorder center and I said, Hey, I want to do outpatient. And then they were like, Oh no, you need to like be a patient here. And so they oh, were wow. like, yeah. And then like the next day I knew I was like in treatment. Wow. And how long yeah. were you there I was, for? It was, um, it was outpatient. So it was like a daily program and I was there for like okay. two months. And did you like, did you learn things about yourself in that yeah. that, that uh, has affected you like now to this day? Was yes, this the first was, time that you've been to an outpatient? Right? I had been in an inpatient in my teens. Um, okay. And I had done that. And so this was, I always, I, I had a great experience back then at um, age 18. Uh-huh. I always, um, I was very, very privileged that my parents, they knew something was wrong and they were able to put me in treatment. And so I got the help that I needed and I was, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And so <laughs> at, at, when it happened at 29, I was able to put myself through treatment and it was the greatest gift I gave myself. Um, and, um, you know, I took money that I was going to like buy a house with and put it into my treatment. And it was like the be- most beautiful gift ever. I learned so much. I, um, you know, I, I, uh, I remember walking into treatment and they said, great let's get you a bowl of Cheerios. And I said, no, no I said, excuse me. I want a smoothie. I was like, can I have, I think I asked for like coconut yogurt, like the, the one that's only like three ingredients. I was like, can you guys go grab me one? And they were like, no, we're going to have Cheerios with milk today. And I said, can I have almond milk? And they said, are you allergic to milk? And I said, no, but I just don't like it. Can we be bloated? And they're like, yeah, we'll do milk. And I started bawling. Oh I, my said, God. I said, I said, I have to eat Cheerios. Right. Oh, like, are you kidding me? I've worked five years to never eat Cheerios. And that was the beginning of a beautiful journey. That's, that's a really great like little anecdote to illustrate like the fear of food. Also, just like, I can imagine just like in one day, you're just like, I want cacao nibs and flax seeds. And they're like, no, here's <laughs> honey nut Cheerios. Yeah. yeah. And Oh, so wild. I I personally remember when I was like, it was maybe in high school, I was like in depths of intense dieting. And I like remember my, I was sick and my mom was like, we'll make some rice and like for your stomach. And I started bawling. I was like, I can't eat rice. I'm I'm not eating carbs right now. (laughs) Like it's going to, my mom's like, you are sick. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so- Yeah, I get that like extreme fear and it's just like an overwhelming emotion. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So you ate the Cheerios and then it's just, you went through the therapy and then you came out. What did you learn? I think I've read many places that you talk about orthorexia, but like, what is, did you know that that was a thing before you went in? Yes. Yeah. And I remember like people would ask me about it on my Instagram. They'd be like, Hey, have you heard of orthorexia? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, no, I've heard of it. Like they were hinting it. I don't know. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think I was like, I was also like, sharing about balance, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, it just, it, it wasn't clicking for me. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It's well, not yeah, you were very anyone, much in you know? it. Yeah, I was in it. I was in it. I wasn't done yet. Like, that's when I look back, I'm like, I had lessons to learn. Right. Oh, man, what did I learn? I mean, they were amazing. I had this wonderful, wonderful therapist who was like head of the program there. And she was like, no bullshit. And I really wanted to get better. So I was like, let's do this. She was like so well versed in the sneakiness of wellness culture and dieting and um, how it can sneak into people who have a history of eating disorders. And she was, you know, the treatment center was in LA. So they saw people all the time who were like, yeah, I'm not anorexic. I'm just, I just don't eat gluten, grains, fruit, veggies, blah, 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 blah. You know, I only eat, I'm just eating kale, you know? And it's yeah. like, okay, well let's, let's look at that. And um, she was so well versed in it. And she just, helped me and we we just worked on I was introduced for the first time ever on the words health at every size all foods fit and then I was um released or not like you know not released like like I I I started to like assimilate back into like real world and then I um they they hooked me up afterwards with a uh dietitian who I still see to this day who is a health at every size dietitian her name is Natalie Katz she's incredible And she really opened my eyes about diet culture and like, really like our sessions today, we don't even talk about like, there's not like, what'd you eat? Like what, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like we, she schools me on like how much diet culture has like affected my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's great. And she really, really like, that was also just like a really big turning point for me. I was like, wow, I was so extreme. You look back and you you remember things that you would do and that were really extreme, I'm sure. Do you think about like that person or like that version of Lee that was there? Like how do you think about her who was going through that those like actions or thoughts when you were at oh. like really extreme? Yeah. Oh my god, I get like really sad and like a little emotional because yeah. it was so painful, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I have, I, I think in the beginning I had a little bit of like animosity towards that Lee. And now I just have like a lot of uh, sadness, you know, just like, yeah. I want to just like compassion. Yeah. Compassion. Yeah. Yeah. What made you start posting again though after that? Like why did you feel like, or at what point did you feel like you were ready to come back to social media? Did you think this time it's going to be different? Like what was your approach? Like after, like after I did treatment? Like yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Because you took a break, right? You said? Yeah. I took like nine months off. Were well, you scared to come back? Yeah, I was definitely scared. I remember like my first time posting, I had to have like my friends there with me and like <laughs> – like post, like I was like, guys, I'm going to post like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I turned comments off. Like, um, I remember like going back was hard. It was really, really hard because I was so different. It had been nine months. I had entered, I had entered myself and exited a treatment program. I was so much aware, more aware of also taking those nine months off social media had deprogrammed my brain to I almost kind of like detoxed from the constant sharing so I was Mm -hmm. using social media differently and I remember people like said some really terrible things to me in the comments and um, it was just terrible I remember like contemplating turning comments off on all my posts but then I was like then I don't have a community but people were a lot of people were really supportive but I do remember the meanness too mm-hmm. of, of, of people as well during that time. Yeah. I'm sure you were, you had it, you shifted a different perspective. They felt like, Oh, where is, you know, I waited yeah. all this time. Yeah. But you don't know anything to them. What, why even come back? Like why even put yourself through that again? Well, so that's a good, good point. I think I was on for maybe a year and a half and then I took another break and okay. I went back last fall. So I've taken many a break. Um, I think, I think I realized, I think I tried that full year from like, so let's say that it was, um, you know, August or September, 2019 to August, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, like, so I've tried like maybe a full year and I was just like, this isn't for me anymore. Like, I can't do this. Like which part the people online were just so mean Mm -hmm. and like a lot of wellness people still followed me and it was like, that was what they were looking for, I guess. Yeah. And I just couldn't give them that. I think I've always prided myself on being authentic. And when I was sharing wellness stuff, that was authentic to me, but now it's not. And I don't want to. And um, I was on my journey and it was just not, I, yeah, it was uh, why come back? Well, um, you know, I, I love to share. I have a innate desire to share, which is like why I'm on this podcast with you now. I don't, I think that like, um, if I help one person who might be experiencing what I went through, then like my job is done Mm -hmm. because like it was scary and terrifying and, and confusing. Our, Our culture really there's a wellness is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, Mm. It supports a lot of people and, um, but it can, and it can be great, but it can also be really dangerous and have a bad um, effect on our mental health if taken to the extreme. So um, why come back? 
Well, I kind of thought in my dream, I kind of thought I'll just come back and I'll just be myself and that will work. But social Instagram was like, no, no, we have to put you in this box. And that's how I know you. So you have to. And then so, I mean, they just can unfollow. And I assume people did unfollow. Oh, they weren't. yeah. Yeah. I, I've lost and I'm still losing those followers. Um, I think I've lost like over 100,000 followers. But you don't want to be an influencer anymore. You don't want to be a well wellness influencer. Do you want to be an anti-diet wellness influencer? Like what are you – because you could tell like from the point that you were definitely trying to find – your voice or like, who is this new, what's my new personal brand on Instagram? How do I like apply my, I don't know, what, what's my now mission? Yeah, and I am. I remember that. You could tell, but still like, are you still trying to figure that out? I mean, I think that I'm figuring it out and I'm on, I'm, I'm in the process and um, I'm much more comfortable with that because I think like, yeah, like I was like, I need to have a thing. I what's my thing. Like what's my right. bio. I actually just like wrote a newsletter piece on that. Um, and so I've since in the past six months have started a new blog and it's called pet hair and everything. And it's a sub stack. And um, I'm, I'm planning on, um, you know, sharing a lot of really fun things on there that, I've insight that I've picked up over the, over the last, cause at this point now it's been um, almost four years since I've left and stopped influencing as a wellness influencer. And like, wow. I know it's crazy. And like the, the things that I've um, the journey that I've been on since that. And um, yeah, I think like I'm trying to kind of like fight that desire to like put myself, like label myself as like this one extreme thing. Mm -hmm. so, but yeah, I was on that journey for a while. Like, am I, I remember like, I did not want to become an, a, a, a diet culture influencer because I, or a body positivity influencer, mm -hmm. because I just, I did not want my body to be my business. And I did yes. not want my, um, I didn't want to be, have my eating disorder recovery be my entire identity. Like it had been before. So I, was very, very, I tried interior design. I tried and I had like ex influencer on my page for a little bit. So I, I, now I'm kind of really interested in like, like talking out loud about being an influencer, what that was like, like leaving mm -hmm. wellness um, and that kind of thing. I think that's a really interesting like perspective because two posts that you did really like piqued my interest and also why I really wanted to come have you on and talk about this. The one that you just shared, which was like that, like your hobby doesn't need to be like, it could just remain your hobby. It does not need to be your brand. What made you like, what inspired that moment? That, that post, that post or, yeah. okay. Um, well, yeah. So, um, I came back from that, from that long, you know, healing hiatus. And I came back and I was like, I'm just going to be myself, like, which is a little crazy and kooky. Right. And, um, and then like, I, and then I was like, well, I, I kind of need a thing. And then I remember the pandemic happened and right. um, everybody was inside more and everybody was like home. Mm -hmm. And I remember like talking to um, some friends and they were like, you know, you have such a beautiful like eye, like for a set, like up, like they were like 
you know, and this is like from the benefit, like only from the, the goodness of their hearts, but they were like, well, what are other things that people liked following you for? It's like your apartment was so cool. You had all those plants and you were like, right, it was like right. the LFA home. And so then I was like, oh yeah. And they were like, well, why don't you just like do interior design? And I was like, that's such a good idea. And then I started like talking to all these interior designers and I was like, should I go back to school or should I do self-taught? I decided to go back to school. I did like made this big announcement post on my Instagram. Right, right. And um, was like, guys, I am an interior designer now, but I also had a desire that stemmed from wanting to not be an influencer anymore. Like kind of go back to like an old school kind of career where you have like a Rolodex and you just have like a bunch yeah. of private clients. And like, I was just like, I'll just have like this old school career. Just have, yeah. Right. I like a regular like, life, regular life, regular life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I tried it and, um, I did, I did school. I loved school. School was so fun. I love learning. Like if I could get paid to just like take history classes all day, I would. <laughs> But then it it came it came a time to guys I, during that time I also decided to move back to the East Coast and were you like I can't be in LA or what was the reason? Well, a couple things. I was like it was the pandemic and I was like this yeah. is not never ending. <laughs> and I'm from I'm from out here. My family lives around New York City and Connecticut, and um, I missed them. And my sister had a baby, and so I was an aunt for the first time, Aww. and what? I. Thank you. I wanted to be a present aunt. And I also was like watching New York City rent prices fall. And I was like, (laughs) all right, maybe I could do this. And I just also was like drawn to like the New York City's being external. So I was like, maybe like LA was feeling a little too like everybody's inside their little hubs. And I wanted to like be out into the world. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to New York and I will continue interior design school. Then I realized I couldn't afford to do be in school and live in New York City. I needed to pick and choose and I decided to choose New York city Mm -hmm. um, over school. I thought if I really wanted to do school, I guess I could live at my parents and do school, but I'm just not willing to do that. Right. So then you did. So then you're like, I'm not going to be an interior designer. And that was just, I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back since. And it made me realize it was, it was crazy because I was so worried for a while. I was so anxious about quitting school because I thought, what if I regret it? And, but then, and now I look back and I'm like, I have no regrets for trying it and I have no regrets for quitting it because it was so brave of me to try that. And it was so brave of me to be honest and quit. And I remember like there was a girl um, in my class who was like, you know, I was like, oh, I want to quit, but it's against my value system. And she's like, well, I don't think having a value system that like makes you just finish something on, on, on principle is that great. And I was like, that's true. <laughs> right. Right. It feels like to me, you were like, I, I mean, I, it makes sense. Like extremes are a thing. Like even with like becoming an interior designer, like that is now who I am. That is my new personality. I have to announce it to the world and I need mm-hmm. to finish the school. And I need to do it all the way. Like I can very much relate to the way that you think about that. But it mm-hmm. is, I think it also comes with like age and experience to sort of start to like learn to trust your gut a little bit more mm-hmm. of like, saying, okay, this can just be my hobby. Like mm-hmm. I can admire good interior design. Yeah. Let's, let's just start, like just start in my house. Like, yeah. why don't I just make my house cute? Like I don't need to look for clients. I, it like, I, I get that. And, um, do you think that a lot of people like are like that? Like when you were on social media and you're looking at other people, do you think a lot of people are trying to turn facets of their personality into like these big brands or, well, I, I don't I think I think what social media 
um, plays a role into it because it does is that we'll be scrolling through social media and I'll see a girl my age who just started a successful brand based on her um, love of uh, whatever it is, candles, swimsuits, (laughs) like underwear, um, jeans, shirts, sweater vests, crochet, you know, beads, earrings. It it could be, and, and you see, uh, you don't see it all, but you see uh, a kind of external view of success. Mm-hmm. And we also are like, you know, um, coming from hustle culture, children of hustle culture, where like, yeah, you kind of sometimes need to have two or three streams of income to like pay rent, but also kind of like that belief of like, you know, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life which I'm not really sure I agree with. I've never, I've truly never met anyone. Maybe I've met like some really old people who are like, oh, I loved what I did. But it's like, yeah, it's been 30 years since you did yeah, it. So you different. just remember. But like, I've never met anyone who's never complained about work. I mean. You can love some something and still complain about it. Like the difference, it's not do what you love. It's love what you do. So like, you don't, not everything that you love has to be your job. You don't have to do it. Parts of it should remain a hobby and then do what you love to, to love something just means, okay, there's 51% of it. I enjoy hopefully maybe a little bit more, but I really enjoy, but the other 49%, it's hard and you have to work really hard. And sometimes it sucks in a way that is obviously like still healthy, but sometimes it sucks. And I don't, I, you can't like love a hundred percent of anything. Like otherwise, yeah, you, then you hate it at the end of yeah. the day. You're like, yeah, I get bored. Speaking of social media, the other post that I also liked or just thought was really interesting was um, the correlation between counting Instagram likes and ca- counting calories. Mm. When did you, first of all, can you share like what that realization was and like how you, how you came to it? Yeah. So there's this term being county, (laughs) um, a county with calories where I'm, you know, where I don't do that anymore. But when I had an eating disorder, any lull in the day or like my mind would almost on instinct, just go back to what did I eat today? Okay. 400 plus 800 plus 600. Okay. Good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, like, like almost kind of like an obsessive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, another example of being county would be like, okay, how much money did I spend today? Um, like, okay. You know, it's almost like an obsessive control. So it can be with numbers. It can be with money, it can be calories. And then it can be like with likes, like we, we, we touched a little bit on this earlier, but like, if I got 20,000 likes a day, then I, then I was like, okay, I'm good. Um, if Mm -hmm. I ate under X amount of calories a day, then I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on track. And then like with calories and weight, I would try to lower my calories and lower my weight, but with Instagram likes and following, I would try to grow and grow and grow. So it was like the same thing, um, Mm -hmm. in a different costume. Yeah. Do you think that Instagram, like taking away likes for some people is, is helpful Or do you think that those people will find another outlet (laughs) to be county? I think it's so helpful. I think it's so helpful. I've, I've started to do it because on principle, because I don't want anybody to look at my likes and think she got those amount of likes on that pic. That's a lot. I don't get, you know, I don't want anyone to compare themselves to me and feel bad when they look at my page. So I, that's why I took it off. Um, 
I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll find something else to get county about, but um, I have to just watch it. I have to watch yeah. myself with that, you know? Right. And like, I, and I, you can get county with anything. I could be like, how many people opened up my newsletter today? Well, and it's yeah. just about really like keeping, I'm, you know, I don't have a podcast, but you could be like, how many downloads did I get this month? Well, I mean, for like a business, you do have to like monitor your analytics. You do have to maintain certain thing, like if you have growth goals. But I think the difference is the obsession and this like feeling of like not being okay with failing and like this real fear of failure. And then there's the stress that comes with it and like panic and anxiety. Like, oh my God, what happens if I don't get X, this 100,000 downloads? Like what's going to happen? Like I'm, everyone's going to think I'm the worst and I need to quit. Like it's just very like all or nothing. So I think it's just like the healthy level of not county, but you know, measuring your own business success. But, um, and same thing with money. Like if you're, if you, if you're just like not counting your money to a degree, like you're going to lose it. (laughs) I think like if you have the thing that I have, which is like a, um, a mental, (laughs) Like, uh, like the anorexic right. eating disordered brain. That's what I'm saying. That, right. That, that, that like, that like, that puts worth and value on, on, on numbers. Of course, if you're a business, you need to look at your profit and loss. Of course, if you're budgeting for something, you need to, you need to be aware of your money. The problem is, is when you start to equate that to worth and being in a feeling of okayness and, right. and, a, and feeling of security and, and validation. Right. I totally hear you. I know you mentioned also just to talk about social media as a whole and like TikTok now. Like I know you started when it was just Instagram and me too, but like now there's a whole other platform with even more users yeah. and younger people and diet culture has found its way to spread its little seed. You can see it's very prevalent all over TikTok. I don't know. Do, are you on it or you stay away? I kind of stay away. Um, I was on it like in 2020 and then I got off of it and then I, I was on it a little bit more, but I, I, I really try to kind of stay away. Um, yeah. From that platform. It's, and I get why, because <laughs> yeah. they like will suck you in after one video that you accidentally kind of watch that you can't help watching because it mm-hmm. sucked you in and then it'll give you more of those. And I, it's funny that you talked about like Australian wellness influencers from Instagram because they exist on TikTok mm. and there's like lots of like what I eat in a day, those kinds of things. And it's mm-hmm. almost like replicating early, mm. early Instagram wellness mm-hmm. times. And it's, and I found, even I found myself, I like, I had to seriously check myself cause I was like all of a sudden watching all these like, like vegan bowl making. And like, I was <laughs> saving recipes. I don't, cook that much mm-hmm. I was like wow I can do these like 10 ingredients papaya bowl like mm-hmm. and then I was like oh my god Aileen you need to get off this is yeah. not you yeah this is you know and it I, it can get really like just social media has like such an effect on minds is there anything that you kind of can share with listeners having gone through everything that you shared today for anybody who's either on TikTok or finds themselves kind of going through that type of I don't want to say brainwashing, but it's likened to brainwashing or just, you know, 
exposure. or even on Instagram exposure. Like, yeah. do you have any tips or or anything that you've learned? I think that's why I, I, I understand that TikTok is great. I understand that it is a platform that has changed people's lives and that you can get all these amazing ideas. Personally, it frightens me because it sucks somebody in and it's like it, your most valuable thing is your, is your attention. Um, but I do think that there's so much diet culture on TikTok, which is why I'm like, yeah. Um, my advice, um, would to, like you kind of said, is like, wait, that's not me. Who am I? What do Mm -hmm. I like to do? Um, stay grounded in your life and, um, you know, remember who you are. Cause like I even can, um, can get sucked into as someone who was an influencer knows knew what what what's actually going on behind the scenes i can like look at someone's house and, and like their like renovation project be like okay i, I am i am going to tear down this wall i'm going to like 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 redo the like i can get i and i mm-hmm. can that can still happen to me and i have to really check myself and be like okay is that going to make you happy it's never going to be enough like it's someone's always going to have a bigger apartment than you. Um, and they're going to have, you know, to be able to do so much more like I, and then I'm like, but is that me? You know? So mm-hmm. like, kind of like, remember, like, who are you? Like the tangible things in your life. Like I have my little sleeping dog over here <laughs> who is like a great reminder of like what I truly love, which is like going on walks with him and watching him like smell things and get excited. Like that's something that brings me so much joy. Um, reading a book, like physical book, love it. Writing, um, spending times with friends and like laughing. Like those are things that like I need to stay grounded in my life. Um, so whatever they are for you, whether that's like a yoga practice or breathing or having Sunday night dinner with your family or like raising a kid or whatever it is like those just kind of like offline practices of like getting into your body and finding joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about the, re- the renovation thing I can, I, I also love that. And I there's just, so much of that on, I don't know about your algorithm, yes. but like Instagram <laughs> is just always out. showing me like, like people buying old houses and like renovating them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how does it know that I want to do that? Oh, it knows. It can just go to your inner psyche. It's just, it's terrible. <laughs> you go yeah. to like one accidentally follow one architect's page yeah. and all of a sudden you're renovating your home. Right. And I think that's kind of why also like Instagram, like why I kind of felt like, well, I need to be an interior designer because if you look at all these successful people on mm-hmm. social media, their bio is I am this. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, I think it's social media wants to box us in. Right. And also when you're given it's important to remember when you're given content on your explore page, it feels like it's the whole world. It feels mm-hmm. like everyone is doing this. Yeah. But really, this is a very small percentage of people that are being served to you because yeah. of the content that you are consuming. Yeah. And if you just start to consume different content, you'll see that quickly goes away and it's absolutely mm-hmm. fleeting. You are not being presented with that. Exactly. So I, yeah. And, and my, like the, when you said like the enough thing to, I 100% agree. Like that's my sort of mantra when I'm when I'm looking at these renovations. I'm like, my home is good enough. What mm-hmm. I have is good enough, or what I eat is good enough. Like <laughs> that's yeah. that's the kind of 
that's something also that I had to work through. Okay. I think you'll like this quote then. There's this quote that I love. I have everything I need and almost everything I want. Every okay, I like I have that. Every, I have everything I need and almost everything I want. Like you know, I don't need to have mm-hmm. like a, a house in um, the Hudson right now. Maybe <laughs> yeah. one day. Um, Maybe one but day. Like, you know. Um, also, like um, yeah, like so, like I feel like if I have a jealousy or a want, Instagram will like mm-hmm. show me like, well, this person just think what got the thing that you want. Like it yeah, knows. Um, totally, yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> Well, Lee, thank you so, so much for, you know, sharing. I know it's not, I'm assuming it's not easy just to go through like your past and times that were hard. And I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing all of that. Can you tell us about your newsletter, Pet Hair on Everything? What are you up to now? Yeah. So um, you can find my written work on uh, my newsletter, Pet Hair on Everything. It's on Substack, leetillman.substack.com. Um, I write a weekly newsletter for free, but it, there's a paid option as well. And you can get like two more posts a, um, a month. Um, and I, I'm also still active on Instagram, um, but it's mostly just an extension of the newsletter. Um, and I'm talking about a lot of things on my mind, like the counting likes and counting mm-hmm. calories. I talk about egg freezing. Um, I talk about like moving to like, that process of moving from LA to New York in your thirties. I'm like realizing how like New York city can like bring out my materialism. So mm-hmm. I write some juicy things and yeah, I'm really enjoying getting back into writing and sharing in a way that feels um, um, really supportive for me. So thank wow. you so much for this opportunity. Yes. And just congratulations on that and finding an outlet for you that really works for you. And this feels very full circle for me just to speak with you today. And yeah, everyone go subscribe to Lee's Substack. And that is it for today's episode of DST. Thank you guys so much. Email us dstabudget.com. You can follow us at Smart. You can follow me at Aileen. Follow Lee at Lee from America. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.